0: Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow.
1: Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in the city interviewing some inspirational folks for y'all. In this week's podcast, I catch up with Louise Graham, an impact coach for purpose-driven entrepreneurs and founding chair of the Glasgow Basket Brigade. Louise tells her story of how she followed in her dream to become a digital nomad before creating a business designed to support change makers across the globe. I connected with Louise after she floated the idea of launching a Glasgow chapter of the Basket Brigade, which is a Tony Robbins initiative in the GGC Facebook group, and was met with over 420 comments and 200 emails of support from ladies in the group. The focus of the Glasgow Basket Brigade is to feed 500 families in need across the city this Christmas, and the GGC are set to help support them in this bid. Have a listen to this podcast and please do get involved and help support the Glasgow Basket Brigade this year. Without further ado, over to Louise. Hello, Louise. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
0: Welcome. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited to be
1: here. Oh, this is amazing. Like, so... Let's tell the story about how we connected, mm-hmm. because you have got an incredible story yourself. You're obviously an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and you're doing something amazing for Glasgow families. So let's take it right back to the start and talk about you firstly. Yeah. So tell us what you do.
0: Um. So I'm an impact coach, and I am building a community of change makers. Okay. Um, so I work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs that are doing something in their business that transforms that transforms lives okay um particularly in the area of human transformation psychology personal development self-growth um or they're doing something where creating real systemic change um improving the lives of others and so i work with um entrepreneurs from all over the world um and I do that in a number of ways. First of all, through something that's called a breakthrough session. Okay. Um, which is called, which, which is a 90-minute session where we uh, basically work, where I work with an individual and we look at where they're not making the impact that they want to be making in their business. Okay. And we get to, we look at the challenge and we find opportunity in the challenge, um, which is almost like a little bit like a road mapping session a momentum builder, something that um, the 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 person can kind of go, the entrepreneur can go away from that session a little bit more um, with a bit more belief and a little bit more possibility around what they can do with their business. Okay. Um, and then from there, I also work selectively one to one as a mentor and coach and consultant. Um, with some of my change makers and I work with them in a two and three month program
1: like do you know how you you go through life and you hear of jobs that you've never thought of before but you think that's so good like it's so must be so useful for these change makers this Mm. is one of those jobs (laughs) like how did you get how did you get into that role and thinking I'm going to help people that want to transform lives Mm. well
0: actually it was really interesting because um for the last well, fourteen years. So um I have been self employed. Okay. I set up my first business when I was twenty-three years old. Wow. Um I ran a boutique marketing agency in Glasgow for six and a half years. Okay. Um and I had a family bereavement when, about, about six years ago, which kind of made me question whether or not I actually really wanted to be running a business in an agency in the first place. Okay. Um, I basically left my agency paid employment and... I'd gone straight into setting myself up as a marketing freelancer and that had gone so well that I ended up building an agency and a team and I had retainer clients, but I was doing it not by design, but by accident. Right. Okay. So I realized that what I created was completely created, not with intention,
1: but
0: just through accident. Um. And when my when mum my died, it really made me question whether or not this was something that I really wanted and, and needed. Yeah. Um, and I spent a year and a half in really major conflict around it and um, eventually let it go and I moved to Bali and moved into th- to Thailand. And when I was there, um, I had a, a note in my notepad and it said, only work on the current clients that you have do not try to grow do not try to scale any extra time you have grow yourself. And I so, love that. So I went on this like huge personal development journey I'd spend hours every single day learning about myself because when my when my mum died I I really felt like as if I'd lost my identity. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of my identity was held up in being her daughter for various different reasons. There was some unhealthy attachments and things like that, but my identity was held up there. And my identity was also in being a successful businesswoman and running the agency, but I'd fallen into clinical depression. And so I wasn't a daughter anymore and I was also no longer a successful businesswoman in my eyes because I had depression. and, um, And so finding who i was has been a really big part of the last five years um and a lot of trauma mm-hmm. a lot of trauma and then also in exploring the trauma what i've realized is that there's a lot of old childhood trauma that i hadn't explored as okay. well that's come up yeah um and so i've just been on this incredible journey in the last five years and I love psychology. I love learning about how our brains work and how we as individuals work. I I love learning about trauma. I love, um, learning about, you know, sort of our bodies and our, how we, how how our minds and our brains and our bodies all interact and how that has an impact on our lives and all of these kind of things that fascinates me. Um, and at the start of this year. I come to the end of a contract position I was living in London and I had two contract positions I come to the end of those and I really sort of started to think how can I take my love of personal development self-growth and change and transformation with my love of marketing and bring the two together rather than being two separate parts of me that this one part of psychology is something that I do in my personal time and this one part of marketing is something that I do for a living. Yep. And um, and also i read a book. Um, it was called Why Am I Not Good Enough? Okay. Um, and it was about – it It is called Why Am I Not Good Enough? And it's about uh, being a daughter of a narcissistic parent. Okay. A narcissistic mother in particular – um, and there was one line in the book that really resonated with me. And it basically said that um, the daughters that grow up in narcissistic households, they learn to, that they receive love by what they do rather than who they are as a person. Okay. And that really triggered me because I realized that all of my work and all of my career, I had been a fixer. Yeah. i had been the person that had been going into businesses and helping them unpack all their things and fixing, and I always end up. Oh, I always ended up burnt out. Okay. Because I was always trying to fix other people's stuff, <laughs> and I would be over their side of um, the pavement and not yeah. on my own, and it was really unhealthy work for me. Psychologically, it was really unhealthy. It was old childhood type stuff. Okay. Um, and so. I basically then said okay well what can I do that allows me to be on but be just me and not be the fixer yeah and so I had an idea in my head and I just basically said okay well if I have these two sides to what you know what I really enjoy um what is the what's the bridge between both of them and I realized that the bridge was change and transformation okay um I read a really interesting book by Seth Godin called This Is Marketing and what he basically said is that the new marketeer is actually a change agent. Like marketing is about creating change now. It's not about promotion, it's not about advertising, it's about creating change. Okay. Um and creating change in the lives of others. And so then I kind of realised this change kind of theme was coming through and then I also then sort of tapped into what's my genius zone within that and I realized it's about helping people sort of step into possibility and helping them step into their dream and their wants and their desires and um and finding opportunity and challenge when they're stuck and they're limited and they can't move forward and um so a child's a, a thing called a solution-based coaching with 20 people okay. and it went really well and one particular client said that she was dancing around the room and it was an absolute breakthrough and then so breakthrough of louise was born amazing and, okay and, it feels, and that's your business name and that, that's what that's what the business name is yep. and it feels <clears throat> good because my sessions are very much a 90 minute session Yep. very contained i give my absolute all yep um but i'm not fixing anything yeah and that's a healthy way for me to be in business and it's growing it it's it's grown beyond my wildest dreams um from a limiting belief that in order for me to earn an income, I had to continue to do what I've always done, yep. which is do marketing work on behalf of clients and be in in the detail part of it. When actually that really wasn't healthy for me, it wasn't the best use of my energy, and um, best use of my sort of creativity and spark. Wow! Oh my goodness! Well, I just I respect you so much because
1: you. you've created like your dream almost, mm. and like you say, it, it must be a limiting belief. Of I mean, I know my, with my own experience mm. of most people that you think, do you know what? I need to do this, even if I'm, even if it doesn't like feed my soul and stuff mm. like that. I need to do this because I need to make money. But mm. actually, you've been like, no, hold on, wait a minute. Mm. What am I personally really like getting growth from? And let's merge it together. Yeah. And you're also giving your clients the tools. So you're saying that you're not the fixer. You're giving them the tools for them to fix it themselves, which is actually so valuable. Yeah.
0: I mean, what I do is I just really deeply listen to what my clients are saying. And then I ask them really provocative questions that they might not ask themselves to get to the root of whether what they're saying is actually true for them or not um so there's a part of calling individuals out a little bit yes and normally the challenges that my clients come to me with there's always about there's always another challenge underneath that and another challenge underneath that and before they know it they're off in a completely maybe different direction than they originally thought um and so it's it's you know i've done um i've after my trial, I then set up a campaign and I said, I'm going to do 60 breakthroughs in 60 days um, as a way to launch this. Okay. And I've done 55 so far. So oh. um, I've, I've, I've had some really incredible sessions. I've got 54 amazing people in my change maker community. We're all working together and collaborating together and doing really amazing things. Um. So it's it's fun. It's really it's really really good. And um, I really feel like as if I've found something that you know just comes so naturally to me. Yeah. That doesn't leave me depleted at the same time.
1: That's when you know something's really right. Yeah. Isn't it exactly. when that happens?
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. So you've got some story as well. So you mentioned that you lived in Bali mm-hmm. and Thailand. Tell us a wee bit about. Mm. those two experiences
0: yeah so um well one one evening um let's say when i was probably at one of my lowest points okay um it's four o'clock in the morning and i'd been through a period of really not being able to think very clearly a lot of brain fuzz and lot of indecision and conflict and distress as a result of it um but i was starting to think a little bit clearer clearer and it was four o'clock in the morning i'd gone on instagram and uh, i discovered this term digital nomads and i'd never heard of it before so i clicked on the hashtag and it took me through into this world of just like my eyes lit up and i'm thinking wow look at this like you can actually work overseas and you know, can um, work remotely. And then I discovered this little place called Ubud in Bali. Yep. And then I clicked on that and then just fell in love with all of the pictures. And I had felt a really deep longing in my soul to be nurtured after going through such a horrendous few years. Yeah. Um, had this really deep need to be nurtured and supported. And so I started kind of looking for a house. And I mean, I was on this thing for hours. <laughs> and uh, I sent my friend a message and I said to her, I'm moving to Bali. And she said, Louise, it's four o'clock in the morning. Like, we'll <laughs> oh, speak in the morning. <laughs> and I woke up that following morning. I booked a flight. And, um, my goodness. Yeah. And I went out to Bali, but I went out for a month. It was Christmas 2014. Okay. Um, and... I basically said to my clients, I'm going out to Bali and I was actually made sure that when I went out to Bali I was had taken live projects out with me. Okay. Because I knew that I was going out there to see if it could be a good place to live. So I went out there and I looked at internet and I looked at community and food and heat and all of those kind yep. of things. Um and then I came back to Glasgow in 2015 and said I'll give myself two and a half months to decide whether or not I just needed a holiday okay. or whether I should actually go and live there or not. Okay. And in February, I gave up everything. I gave up my house. I gave up my business. I gave up my team. I approached all my clients and I said, I want to work remotely. Will you come with me? <laughs> and everyone said yes, because they'd had the experience of working with me remotely already Yes. from, from that. So it was all quite I wouldn't say I wouldn't say strategic to the point where it was massively conscious but there was some sort of level of consciousness of what I was doing and the you know sort of priming clients that this might actually become a thing
1: yeah
0: um and then I yeah and then I moved out to Bali on a one-way ticket and I lived in Bali for at first nine months okay um and then I moved to Chiang Mai in Thailand, and I lived there for four months. And I came back to Bali, and I lived there for another four months before coming back to the UK. Um, and it was it was an incredible time. It was I mean I've come back from Bali very 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 different as a person. How hey, so? Massively different. Just um more a lot more self awareness, a okay. lot more understanding of myself um a lot more a a lot more conscious of what I can create in my life and what I have control over what I don't and so it's um, a very spiritual place isn't it yeah it is it's a very like
1: there's a lot of self-healing and there's Mm -hmm. a there's a lot of magic to Bali
0: Mm. They, they say that when you go to Bali you either you either go to create or you go to heal and you'll always end up doing the opposite so if you go to heal you'll either create and if you go to create you'll be there to heal and that's what and that's what they say but yeah I mean before I left to Bali um the I had gone to the doctor and the doctor wanted to prescribe me antidepressants for my my grief had turned into depression and the doctor wanted to prescribe me antidepressants but i i refused i i wouldn't take yep. them um and within about three three months of being in bali there was no sign of depression whatsoever i mean my wow. heart was overfilling with joy and I so it was just, really inviting it was a it was really environment for yep. me yeah yep. yeah
1: and look at like the fact that you've done that such mm. like admiration like you took yourself out an environment that was causing you to feel like that and then you took yourself away and yielded and not like it's it's big balls to move to a different Mm -hmm. country and especially it's not like Bali like I mean obviously they do speak English because it's got a brilliant tourist Mm -hmm. attraction now but it's not exactly like it's not like you're taking yourself to America or Australia or you know it's an eastern way of life
0: and I've never been out to Southeast Asia in all my life and Hadn't really travelled. I mean, the only time I ever travelled on my own was, you know, a few months after my mum passed, and I went to Thailand for a month. Um, so that it was, it was completely new for me. Um, and in that time, I just met really incredible, amazing people that became family in my community, and I just really discovered what it what it felt like to be around people that were growing yeah. and raising their consciousness and and that really inspired me yeah. as well. Um it just felt like a different world.
1: Oh wow, yeah. okay. So mm-hmm. you came
0: home to the mm-hmm. UK
1: and did you live in London then?
0: No, so I came I came back from Bali for my dad's wedding. Okay. Um and was planning to go back out there again, um, and I came via Bali to a big sort of change maker conference called AFES in Greece. Okay, um, it's part of the Mind Valley organizations. Four hundred of us, and we had these incredible four days of like boat parties and speakers, and a Dave Asprey, and you know, um, Chris and all these kind of things, and it was amazing. And then afterwards, we did um. Give back, where uh, we spent some time working with the local refugee company, local local refugee organisations. Part of the give back day, I facilitated a a mastermind group with um, sixteen business leaders around the table, all different disciplines. Um and then six leaders from the refugee organisations came to the table and shared with us what their biggest challenge was and we facilitated problem solving and ideas and innovation around the table. And then from there, that then led to spending a week and a half on the refugee camps in Greece. And I think from that moment, I kind of got a taste for i want to do more of this type of work Yep. uh i really want to do more of this type of work um it really filled my heart um it created ex- an experience in my life that i'd never been exposed to before yep. um you know a whole new level of growth and uh so yes and then i came back to the uk And ended up in London because most of the people that I'd met on my travels, they had come back and they'd become really close friends and they were all living in London. So I went to London for people. um, I didn't really particularly like it. No,
1: I I think I would struggle to live in London. It was hard.
0: It was hard, especially, I mean, when I first came back to London... I'm sorry. When I first when I first moved to London, I lived in an industrial area, and then I moved to Shoreditch, and Shoreditch is like the cool vibey yes. area of, yeah. of London. I was particularly I was really lucky. I lived in a really like hip area, okay, like right by um Spitalfields Market, but it just felt grimy to me. And I looked out at my balcony. i was so used to seeing palm trees and monkeys, and then I looked out at my balcony, and there was this wall in front a really wall in front of me and it had the word death like <laughs> oh in my, graffiti just when you when
1: you what you at. don't want to be looking oh at your window you don't
0: want to be looking at Oh my god right i mean i'm paying like two two thousand a month for rent to live there it's so expensive it's isn't really it? expensive um so london has been a bit of a challenge um but I developed some really close bonds yeah. and really close relationships living there. Um, and I would say that, I, you know, I, I moved back to Glasgow two and a half months ago. And the reason I moved back was because my house was sold. Okay. But had my house not been sold, I probably would still be in London. Okay. Um, But London never really ever felt like home. Okay. Really, to be honest. um. And moving back to Glasgow has been a little bit difficult, and it's been hard to kind of ground myself back here because I was a very different. am a very different person now from who I was when I left.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's memories everywhere in Glasgow. Of course, there's, there is. There's so many memories everywhere, whereas in London, I was in this new place with no old memories, making new ones. Yes and now I'm back here in Glasgow and I've got so many memories with no new ones yes <laughs> so it's it's been a bit of it's been a bit of a challenge and I'll be honest and say that I'm still not 100% sure if I'm going to stay or not okay the business is completely online so yeah I mean I work with clients from Thailand uh, Canada New Zealand um, like LA like all over the world so I can work anywhere yep uh, but for just now, Glasgow feels the place that I need to be right now. Yes, but I'm I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. I feel like I've got a little bit of ever you know in the last six years. I feel like my heart just constantly wants to discover new places. Just
1: explore, but then that's not a bad thing. That's what an amazing mm. way to spend your time, Mm. you know, traveling. And it's definitely my favorite thing ever to do. Really? go around the world and new cultures, new people, new food. So I think it's good not to have a a set plan in life. Yeah,
0: maybe.
1: Sometimes, like I always think as well, like, few of my friends will say oh we've got our forever home and I'm like how can you say that oh mm-hmm. how do you know that you won't like
0: yeah, you
1: don't you don't or you might end up in a different country right work. like you don't know. so and I think that's the exciting yeah. thing yeah. but it's so good well as a city I'm going to speak for Glasgow <laughs> uh, it's so good to have you back here because oh, you're doing you. something incredible mm. so tell us about the Glasgow Basket Brigade tell us how it all came about mm, your sure. experience all of it
0: yeah so um, the Glasgow Basket Brigade, um, how did it come around? Uh, I'm not 100% sure because it's all happened so fast. <laughs> it's happened
1: so fast. <laughs> it's like...
0: all happened so fast, but I mean... Um, you were in the London one, I you? was in the London Brigade. So last year, um, living in London, I spent last christmas i decided it was a choice i decided decided to spend last christmas on my own okay and um and i also decided that for the month of december i would volunteer with um one organization and do one volunteer day or project a week leading up to christmas what a lovely thing to do yeah it was it was fun so we did like bucket collections on the tube and some things at carol singing concerts and um and yeah it was great and then I went did the the basket brigade and uh I was on the the crew team so the crew are responsible they're like team leaders and friends um and so I went along to that and it just blew my mind it 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 just it had that family feel to it that i've just craved for a long time um because my you know obviously like i i I don't have a large family and i've been away from my family for a long time as well um and it just had that family feel to it that i craved and um and i loved watching everyone arrive and they were all in their christmas jumpers and their Santa hats and um little boys little girls and mum and dad and some people came on their own and there was granny and granddad or granny and granddad would come on their own and it was just it was just incredible and the 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 whole energy of the day was just so inspiring I mean I I cried pretty much the majority of the day like (laughs) um the, there was so many touching moments when everyone's dancing and the music and it just felt like what Christmas should be about. Yes, you know it. It just and then when we got to the 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 basket packing and then I saw like little kids like really struggling with like a big bag of carrots that's like ten times their weight and but they, they wouldn't accept any help because they wanted to that was do their it. job.
1: That was their it, job. It
0: just it just felt it just felt amazing and. Um, and uh, one of the the really special things about the about the baskets is that inside each basket there's a Christmas card. Okay. And the Christmas card, um, it's a it's an anonymous Christmas card, but yep. there's a there's a really beautiful message inside of it. And um, the on the outside of the Christmas card on the envelope it says to a friend. Okay. And the message inside says. This is a gift from someone that cares about you. All we ask is that you take care of yourself and do this for someone else someday. Oh my goodness, how nice is and that? And then it says love from a friend. Okay. And all the little children and their mums and their dads sitting around the card writing station and they're writing these cards. And then I saw this big box and it was just full of cards that had to a friend written on the front with like, some little drawings or little stars or whatever and I just and I just cried
1: no wonder that's emotional (laughs) I just thought
0: oh my god and just that one line this is a gift from someone that cares about you Mm -hmm. just felt really really beautiful and um and I went home that night just feeling so much gratitude and I loved it and I said to my friend who was living with me at the time like that was one of the most special incredible things I've ever been a part of um and When I moved back to Glasgow a few months ago, uh, I landed quite hard coming back to Glasgow. Okay. I did say that it's been difficult for me, yeah, kind of integrating back in. Um, and and I was feeling I'll be honest and say that I was feeling quite lonely and quite isolated because I work from home as well. Yep. And my network, I, I don't have a net, I'm having to rebuild it all,
1: yeah,
0: and I think that. There was a couple of things going through my mind. One was, this might be a really nice thing to do to arrive home again. Yes. Like, to be home, because Glasgow is actually my home. Of course. Um. So it might be a nice way just to arrive home. It's a great way to give something back and build a network of like-minded people and meet some new people. And at the same time i f I've always I always feel like as if I have a really big heart but it's not used enough. Okay, okay. <laughs> like it's not used yeah, enough. Okay. I'm not I'm not doing enough goods. Okay. And I really want to do more goods and so I kind of toyed with the idea, but previously I've ran events and I've always ended up burned out. And as you know from earlier in this interview, I have a pattern of burnout and that's not great for me. Um, And so one of the things that was going through my mind was, I can't do this because I'm very capable of it, but I'll get so caught up on it and I'll be burned out and that's not good for me. Um, but I explored it anyway and then I had had a coaching session with one of my clients where I was telling that person how to be in the possibility of what they want rather than the limitation of it and I just suddenly asked myself one of my own questions which was Imagine you were to step into the decision as if you'd already made it, to witness how that felt. Okay. As if you've already made the decision without you making the decision. Yes. So my hairdresser had told me about the Glasgow Girls Group. Okay. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to post a post in this group and just see what happens. So in the post, I basically said... I have this idea I've got this opportunity I've just come off the phone to the Tony Robbins Foundation in San Diego to make this happen I need 300 volunteers um is anybody interested (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then I put up some pictures from London and within 24 hours I think I mean god we had like four four hundreds 420 comments. Oh, my goodness. Um, I had 200 emails. Everyone was really excited about it. Um, and then that day, I realised that, okay, actually, this could potentially be easier than you think. Yep. It might be an old story that, that doing something like this leads to burnout. Yes. Because what if you what if if this means that people are going to come to you rather than you having to go to them and that's what happened people came to me somebody came to me and offered me a venue um my leadership team came to me and offered me their support um and so therefore I wasn't having to go out and find the right people I feel like you were
1: doing it all and feel like so I was doing it yes. all
0: people were coming to me and offering me things which made it feel really easy yeah and not easy in the sense of it's not being hard work
1: but it feels right
0: but it feels right it feels exactly it, like that. that felt in yes. flow it's felt yeah. ease it's felt in flow it's felt really natural it's not felt heavy yeah it's not it's not felt like burnout at all um and then that was incredible and then from there i think i sat one saturday night glass of wine candle and just sat down at my inbox and thought right okay let's see what's on offer here (laughs) and uh and i asked some people to be a part of a leadership call we went on a leadership call at the end of october um and i put in place a core leadership team of four people yep um one of whom um was responsible for building the website and yeah so then we built we even though we're part of the Tony Robbins Foundation, we don't get any support from them. So yep. we're our own entity. So yes. we have to build our own brand, our own colours, our own fonts, everything. Yes. Um, so we built a brand um, and we launched the website and we copyrighted me to... I uh, had a bit of mentorship and support from the London Brigade, which felt was, was really good. So okay. we had their model to follow. They've been doing it for 23 years. Wow. Um but yeah in like about 10 10 days maybe 14 at the most we launched and we launched last tuesday okay um with our website and by this point in time also I'd taken some people that were interested into a facebook group to keep them informed of what was going on yeah but it all just happened really really quickly and um so yeah so we're we're launched now um and I think the inspiration—I—I—I—I—I actually—I think it came from the Glasgow Girls group. I think it was an idea. It was a seed. Okay. But it didn't actually. It so, didn't actually become anything until I saw the response. This huge amount of support and this huge response, and then you know.
1: Wow this is amazing so Mm -hmm. this is like the very essence of why the group was created in the first place because it's to help people and especially with things like this you're giving so much back to the community so you've already been smashing your targets like Mm -hmm. the website's only launched on last Tuesday Mm -hmm. so talk to us about the volunteers so the numbers for volunteers because I mean that's just yeah already done (laughs)
0: that's done so um yeah, we, we had a target of 400 volunteers to build 500 baskets. Yeah. Um, so I think within three days we'd reached our 400 volunteers. Um, so it was actually I think it was Thursday morning. We closed the registration to waiting lists um and now we've exceeded our waiting list and so we'll have to close our waiting list as well so yeah we've, we've got a massive amount of support in terms of people wanting to show up and be part of this on the day um we had a huge amount of press interest Good. Um, rightly so which has been really great yeah and more to potentially come as well um so that's been really fantastic um and then just the the offers that are coming in you know um somebody wanting to make us a viral video somebody wanting to cook for us like just there's so many different offers coming in and and that feels amazing um we're working with an incredible PR team like you know beyond our wildest dreams we couldn't expect to be working with their, their PR team okay um but again, that was something that came to me from the from the post, rather than me have to go out and find it. Brilliant. Um, and yeah, we've uh, we fundraised. I think our target we're sitting at 1,600 right now, um, which allows us to build a hundred, well, one hundred and ten baskets, which is incredible. Which is incredible because in your target
1: is five hundred baskets. Five hundred
0: baskets. So in
1: the first week, you've already. A fifth of that is yeah is done exactly
0: yeah and, and now yeah. we're in like sort of deeper conversations with partners and corporates and yeah you know what they can do and um and last week we also landed on the moon well it felt like landing on the moon because for the last few weeks I've been trying to get in touch with somebody senior within a supermarket okay um because when I found out how London do their basket brigades. I was really shocked, okay. and my first thought was, That's not how Glasgow are going to do theirs. <laughs>
1: <Brilliant>. <laughs> um,
0: because what they do is they basically go into supermarkets and they buy everything off shelf, okay. and they have to go to numerous different supermarkets, and that's just you know, this whole thing for me is. I want to do this with as limited amount of stress as possible. Oh,
1: of course. And I'm not going
0: around the supermarket.
1: <laughs> no, so. and, and people... And <laughs> by people sending in food, that's a way for them to get involved.
0: Exactly. So it's exactly. just
1: opening up yeah. the opportunities for people to mm-hmm. help.
0: So I think... What we did is we we, we eventually got contact with um, a distribution centre and we we're in talks with them okay. about providing everything that we need for the basket in one delivery and one bulk order. Um it's becoming really apparent that supermarkets are not going to give us anything for free.
1: Which <laughs> so, is disappointing. Which is disappointing,
0: but, but they're not it's how they're, they're, and they're, they're also great. And they're also not going to give us any bulk buy and discounts or anything like that. Um because of the way in which they they work and their systems work there's a couple of things that we might get um extras from them that we can negotiate but we do desperately need fundraising in order to make this happen so that's our our next big push is how can we um how can we fundraise enough to to make this happen
1: yes um
0: But also, as well, for the sustainability of it, too. Um, Because, you know, the Basket Brigades, we want this to be a a sort of a Christmas ritual for Glasgow.
1: It needs to be. It needs to be. It's, Mm. it's, you know, it's one of those such a good idea and so necessary. You think, how has this not been done before? Mm, So, but that's all kudos to you. So let's talk about what's in each basket then. Sure. So... What you mentioned to me before the podcast, which I think is so clever, mm. is that it's a baking tree. Yes. So, again, that's all part of the making the Christmas dinner experience. Yeah. The family in need gets to keep that. Yeah. Which is brilliant. So, what else can we expect in each basket? So, I've just got a wee list that you've given me. Mm. So, we've got chicken or nut roast. So, obviously, there's a veggie option. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Carrots, parsnips, Brussels sprouts, potatoes, tangerines, mince pies, Christmas puddings, custard stuffing gravy christmas crackers and a christmas card yeah so that does all culminate into the the perfect christmas dinner Mm. so every product then louise is the same so if it's a branded product it's the same amount of parsnips it's the same amount of carrots it's all the same isn't it yes
0: and that's what's unique about what we are doing versus any other kind of food um handout food delivery kind of service to families that are in need I mean, um, a few years when I... Well, actually, when I lived in Glasgow last, I did do some, um, like, Christmas dinner things for homeless or families that were living in poverty, etc. And they got food hampers but it was all very odds and ends. Okay. So they might get a box of crackers, but no cheese and no butter. Okay. Or they might get, like, a packet of biscuits, but no tea and no coffee. Yeah. And what I really love about it, the Basket Brigade is that you, what we're giving to families is we're giving them an actual meal. Yes. Um, that they can cook and enjoy together and have, have a sit-down meal like we all have yep. at Christmas um, and then everything is so complimentary so there's the stuffing there's the gravy there's the custard there is the mince pies there's the satsumas there's the Christmas crackers you know it's a whole experience yep. um, rather than it being some odds and ends that actually you know don't that
1: it would be hard to kind of put together as a dinner and i totally get what yeah, you're saying exactly. uh-huh. you're, you're so, giving them the, uh-huh. the full package yeah. so what about the families in need then mm-hmm. do you have people sort of volunteering people how how does that all work
0: yeah so um obviously we're taking a lot of mentoring from our london yes uh, our london friends um just to say, the Basket Brigade is, is run globally and there are chapters all over the world. Okay. And different brigades do different things. So one brigade might do presents. Another one is does that odds and ends box of yep. just whatever comes in. Um, but I did really love what, what London were doing. Um, and so working with London and their experience in the last sort of, 23 years Um what we did is we put together a charities leadership um, within our leadership team okay so uh, Jackie's heading up our charities division and what we're doing is we're outreaching to all of the glasgow food banks all of the sort of different glasgow charities yep. and we're telling them about what we're doing okay and um, we give them a charities pack which gives them a little bit more information about what we're doing um, and then we give them a spreadsheet where basically then they have to give us the details of all of the people and families that they're aware of yes. that they, they, they think should receive a basket. Yeah. Um, but because we have to be very careful with names and addresses and GDPR and data and things like that we ask our charities to upload the spreadsheet onto our website. Yes. Um, and then tick our legal boxes to say that they've been given permission, um, permission to share those details with yep. us. So it's actually it's it, it's a really big part of the process that's going on behind the scenes that yes. not very many people are seeing. Um, and Jackie's doing an incredible job with that. She's got all of the food banks on board, Um. And I think we've got something like 310 nominated people so far. Um, And Jackie, you know, she's been sharing some stories with us about how when she has phoned the food banks, some of the food banks have had their funding cut and have been really stressed about how they were going to feed people this people this Christmas. And so they're really over the moon they're really happy. Oh, so it's
1: so yeah. emotional. It really yeah, is. It's great. And what about if there's anyone listening to this podcast that wants to, could people nominate people?
0: Absolutely. yes. Yeah. So um, there is a form on the website. Okay. Um, and if you, you know, if you're a school teacher and you're aware of um, someone in school who, you know, a, their family could do with a little bit of extra support or you're a neighbor or, um community worker or anything like that you can go on the website and you can nominate someone to receive okay. a basket there's a form on the website under the tab nominate someone to receive a basket and okay. we are actually encouraging more of that okay. um for some of the quota that we still have left
1: that is lovely okay mm. great so you connected with me louise by sending me an email through the website mm. to say you know that you'd posted this in the group and um did we we want to collaborate somehow because you know there was such a great response Mm -hmm. so when I read that slightly later than I should have because emails are crazy (laughs) but I was like wow because I had I just spent a lot of time in that group as admin monitoring posts and Uh deleting things that shouldn't be there or you know like picking things up that should be But I had missed that post, (laughs) right? I know. So, and and my cousin tag team's the ad with me. So uh, life has just been, and I've got mega baby brain Mm. as well. So I'm putting some stuff down to that. So when you had emailed me, I then went into the group and searched it. And I was like, wow, like this is phenomenal. Mm. So obviously you reaching out to me was brilliant because I was like 100%. Yes, let's collaborate. Mm. Like, what can we do? with the GGC to help you achieve all your targets, which you're already on route to doing. Yeah. But let's get behind this because mm-hmm. it's helping people in our community. So you and I have discussed a few things. Yeah. Which is all really exciting. So food drives is something that we want to support. Yeah. So you had come up with the brilliant idea of Glasgow Birds support with Birds Custards, uh-huh. which is phenomenal. So. Yeah. Bird's custard comes in packets. Yeah. Um, and are sold in threes. Yes. So the GGC members listen to this, and even if you're not a member of the group, and you you know you're just listening to the podcast, you can also get involved with this. And what we're looking to do is basically send you five hundred packets of bird's custard for these.
0: Please. All the custard. All the custard. Bring all the custard to (laughs) the
1: yard. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> all the girls bring all the, the custards to the, the yard, yard. <laughs> right? Brilliant. Well, I feel as though that is so achievable, yeah. Because we were chatting before this podcast, and the bird's custard you can get three packets in BM for a pound and nine,
0: yeah.
1: You can get three packets for a pound in Morrison's, mm-hmm. you can get Three packets for a pound sixteen Sainsbury's and three packets for a pound forty seven in Asda. Yeah. So what you have determined, Louise, from going out and about is that it's probably gonna be unless it's somewhere like B and M, it's gonna be an online shop thing. Yeah,
0: so adding an extra pack of Custard to your online shopping. To your online shopping,
1: yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And then what I'll do underneath this podcast and in the group mm-hmm. is share the delivery address that they should go to. Yeah, sure. So that's, yeah. that's the... And then when we nail the 500 custard, we're moving on to something else, girls.
0: Potentially, yeah. So we... um, it Within the basket, uh, we want to try and make sure that some of the package items within the basket are done via food drive. Okay. Um. So package items being the mince pies, the gravy, the Christmas puddings, the custards um, and the stuffing. Yes. So they're the package items. The chicken and the nut roast and the vegetables and the fruits and everything, we won't be able to do a drive for because they need to be fresh yes. items. Um, so we need to fundraise in order to, to make those, those things items. happen. Yep. Likewise with the bacon trays, it's not something that people are really going to have fun but purchasing a <laughs> purchasing a bacon tray, um. So we figure that with the package items, let's do some drives and some partnerships with um different organisations yep. and companies across Glasgow. Okay. So we recently announced on Friday um our packing venue and the name of our packing venue, okay. which we weren't able to announce at launch, but we released the address on Friday. Um, and they are going to be uh, bringing the Christmas uh, the mince pies. Okay. Um, and it's amazing that we do something fun and creative with the Glasgow Girls Group with yes. the birds custards. <laughs> um, and so that'll be that'll be great as That's well. Amazing. Yeah.
1: So so good. Yeah. And then also the GGC Christmas merch is launching on mm-hmm. Friday. So we're going to be given a percentage of the sales to you guys at the yep. Glasgow Bassett Breed, and that will hopefully go towards fundraising. Yep. So obviously there's there's ladies maybe listening to this that are like we all know how time short everyone mm. is. It's like things like getting things and then posting them. Sometimes there's no time in the day. Yeah. But instead, we would like to invite them to then put towards the fundraising. Maybe then yep. the amount for the custard.
0: Well, there's other there's other ways to support. So the first first thing that you can do is, you know, if you if if you are doing your food shopping, you can put an extra packet of custard in your basket. Um, and we have a postal address, and you can put a packet of custard in a jiffy bag and send it to us. Yeah. Um, or you can drop it off at one of the Glasgow Girls Group events, yes. networking events, which I'm sure you'll share. I will.
1: Before. I will.
0: Um. But there are other ways as well. Where um, you know, within your work, you could do interesting things. Um, somebody sent us hundred and fifty pounds a few days ago and said that instead of doing Secret Santa, they decided to do Secret Baskets.
1: Oh, brilliant!
0: Um, and another person who left a note on our on our fundraising page basically said that she'd been the recipient of a basket before and it really changed her life at a point when she really needed it. And so she went round all of her next-door neighbour's houses and collected in £35. Brilliant. Um, And then someone else basically convinced someone that they knew that had a bag of loose change and had been collecting it for the last year to basically donate the whole bag of change to us yeah so there's some really interesting ways like it you know sort of in, in London some um some personal trainers and fitness instructors are holding like a charity class for instance okay um or there's a tips jar and that tips jar is is coming to us and for the basket brigade so we're really open to lots of different ways to um sort of donate and be a part of the fundraiser uh to make it easy we're basically saying is you can sponsor a basket for 15 pounds yep. which that basket feeds a family of four yep um, or you can buy an item that go inside the basket or you can do something where you know, you're know you just fundraising within your friends and family and within your work or, um, and so we've got a team that can support that and help with different ideas okay. um, and at the weekend there we actually just launched a call out that we're looking for um, 15 people okay. to join our core fundraising team And they would be responsible for fundraising £200 each. Okay. And what that does is that allows official um, involvement with the Glasgow Basket Brigade to be part of the Glasgow Basket Brigade team um, and become sort of official fundraisers and part of, you know, sort of uh, the way that we are working as a team and um, witnessing how it's all unfolding and things like that as well. So. Yeah, wow. lots of fun ways to get involved.
1: Well, what I'm thinking, obviously, is, your, you know, your initial response got over 400 comments. Mm. There is 18,000 ladies in the group. Obviously, as I have displayed, you can miss posts, <laughs> but we are going to do a live, and I'm going to pin it to the top of the group. Mm. Um, what happens if you get, for example, even if we were to say, and I, this is where I show how bad I am at maths, 10% of the group, which would be 1,800 people, mm. sending you packets of Bird's Custard mm-hmm. or donating so that you're going over your 10,000. And obviously that's a culmination of everyone that's donating, not just yeah. obviously GGC. What are you, because I've got, a, I've just got this real feeling that you're going to supersede every, every possible <laughs> target. What
0: happens then? you set me, setting the expectation there, and now you've put a lot of pressure on I've me. I've just got visions of you lie we
1: covered the bird's custard back, it's like,
0: what am I going to do with these? I've <laughs> got no idea, when I fall asleep at night, I'm going to bed and I'm thinking, you know, even last night I was falling asleep and I was thinking, do you know what we could do with the custard? We could lay it out and do one of those art attacks. Oh work. wow, oh my <laughs> God.
1: what was he not called Tony? Is- what was his name? Yes, I love that.
0: Basically, he, he takes
1: helicopter up there
0: Exactly, <laughs> he takes the product and he makes like a big art attack with it. That would so be I was just so. Think, I was just thinking, like that would be just, so good. Just our fundraising target written in custard, like a mini art attack. That would be amazing. Um, but yeah, so these things are keeping me awake at night, um, <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way, not in a not in an unhealthy way, but in, well, a, an in a creative, way, excited way, which is so that's amazing for me to witness after years of, you know, and everything feeling not quite right and quite heavy and things like that. So that's that's amazing. Um so if we over if we succeed our exceed our targets. Yeah. Um so if we end up with a mountain of custards <laughs> which I don't think is actually necessarily gonna happen because I think if we put a time frame and say yes. let's have this custard delivered to us in My let's eggs. say, let's make it a week yep. of, a, of a, a drive, for instance. Yeah, then we just turn the, the custard tap off. <laughs> um, but if we do, the um parking venue that we are in partnership with they have a massive amount of storage space, okay. And so, a couple of things can happen one is that it can be stored for next year, okay, because we are planning to, do, to do this like year it, yeah. on year um the other thing is we have got contacts with food banks and they're more than happy to take any surplus that we might have which
1: would be amazing Um, as well
0: if we are um sort of oversubscribed in terms of donations yeah um what we would be looking to do is just basically sort of start to put a pot together for next year to make it even bigger and better yes so we started off, well, I would, I'd say quite conservatively this year with a figure of 500 yep. uh, baskets with 400 volunteers, but London do 1,500 baskets with okay. 900 volunteers. Okay. So there is scope to make this a lot bigger. Um, I also have a really kind of deep desire to put something else inside the basket um, that helps families connect more meaningfully with one another okay so one of the ideas i had was to put um, conversation cards inside the baskets so um there's a really beautiful organization in the uk it's actually it's global now but it's called the school of life and they have these really incredible conversation cards um which on these cards are questions that allow individuals and families and friends to connect in ways that they they wouldn't before. before. So really beautiful questions like, um, you know, if you get a card and it says, um, four, four qualities I really admire in you. Okay. And then, so they will tell the other person those four qualities they really admire in that person. Or, here are some things that um, I don't think that you know about yourself, but I think if you did know about yourself, you would, you know, should you should be, you would, should you would, be proud, you would be yeah. really proud. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, this is what you bring to my life, like just really, really get kind of beautiful connections. So I really would like to put some connection cards inside the baskets, because I think that you know, and I'm coming back to my own family history. That when I discovered this new place of connection and, um, you know, and I I bought myself these connection cards, I was looking through some of the questions and I was thinking, do you know, I don't even know what my mum would answer with those questions. Yeah. I don't, I have no idea because I didn't get to know her really all that deeply. Okay. Um... And I think that this is a really great opportunity to create more connection and more intimacy and more meaning in the families that within the basket, there are these cards. So little things like that, I think that if we oversubscribe in terms of fundraising, yep. I'd love to do something, something like, like that. that. I think that would be um, so lovely. And I'd also love to make it that the basket brigade isn't necessarily just a Christmas thing. Yeah. You know, um, I think Sydney or one of the other... Um, Chapters they do something where they just have a commitment. I think they want to feed 10,000 people in a year. Okay, um, so just who knows where it might go, who, who knows? but it goes into a separate bank account. Um, we're in the process of applying to become a CIC community interest company. Okay, um, and everything is yeah, it goes into a separate bank account, and it's all 100% of, all of it is used to buy whatever goes in the basket or used in order to To get the baskets um, to to the people to get the baskets to the people yeah that is it's
1: just phenomenal and the packing day is on the 21st it's
0: on the 21st of december it's in cathcart um so we've got an incredible venue it's only five minutes from the train station if that is a walk it's really close Uh, it's one straight line um and yeah it's uh we've We've got a uh, um, we've got a lot of space to play with, which Good. is really amazing. Yeah. Um. So a lot of luxury of space. Um. London spend a lot of the time outdoors, but luckily we're going to be able to be indoors for so <laughs> quite necessary for Glasgow. really. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> a few people messaged me and said, "Oh, do we need to bring our? We need to wrap up really warm." I'm like, no, you'll, you'll be okay. There'll be a few. <laughs> be a, a, maybe an hour or so outdoors, but not not a massive. Okay. Minute um and we've just got a really fun day lined up so um we're going to have an, uh, an auction on the day which okay so you're is looking for auction follow. prizes okay yeah, so we're looking for auction prizes um so we'll probably have about 20 really sort of high-end auction prizes yes and there's incredible exposure to be had with that because on the big screen we're going to be talking through each product and where that product's coming from and then we're using an app that the the bidding takes place on the app yeah um and we'll have a space in in the day where most of the volunteers in the room will be focused on the screen and sort of looking to see what's in the auction so there's a really good opportunity for promotion there um and involvement as well so we have the auction a lot of fun and games, a, a, some really uh, moments of feel-good, but moments also of really kind of deep reflection Yeah. and moments of gratitude, um, time to just really sort of stop after all the dancing and the movement and the laughter to just stop and breathe and actually just kind of connect back into the the, the enormousness of what is happening on that day yeah. and looking around and realizing what everyone is just a compass on that day, uh, like accomplished on that day. Um, and there's a couple of other little sort of special things about the basket brigade, which I really love. So, um, again, uh, you know, sort of borrowed, I will not say stolen, but borrowed from London. Um, one of the things that they do is something called the human chain. Okay. And, um, after making the baskets, one of the ways of transporting the baskets in and out of the venue, but also transporting some of the produce in and out of the venue, yeah. they, everyone lines up in a human chain. Okay. And you're facing one another and you're passing the item from one person to another. And so it's a really beautiful moment because you're making eye contact with someone. Yeah. You're connecting with them. You're passing on to the next person. You're smiling. There's like, and it and, and it feels really simple, but it's so meaningful. Yeah, it's really amazing. And um, so be... the human chain is really lovely to watch, and everyone's kind of laughs and everyone passing along the human chain, and then it, it forms into this human conveyor belt almost. Yes. Um, and that's incredible. So the baskets are made, and then everyone's in the human chain, and we lead the baskets out of the venue. And that's how we get sort of four hundred baskets out onto the street. Wow. <laughs> a human conveyor belt. Yeah.
1: That is gonna be incredible. So, that is mm. gonna be so incredible. And you mentioned as well, Louise, stalls. Are you looking for brands to come along? Obviously they would need to give a percentage of their profit yeah. to the the cause, but we're are you still looking it. for we're okay. open
0: to it. Um for the right partnerships. We're open to Having some retail, okay, if it's the right type of retail, okay, um, if it's something there that is sort of novelty and fun, yes, and we are open to it. I wouldn't say that we're proactively looking Calling or searching, yeah, um, but we are open we're okay. o- we're, to be honest, we're open to all commercial partnerships, yeah. Someone from the Glasgow Girls group contacted us who do. Um, massage yep and they're coming along and doing some complimentary massage on the day so we're, we're open to anything yeah um obviously we can't explore every opportunity that's out there but uh i you're love you're magnetizing cre- i the right love op- creative ideas yes yeah so yep. anything, it all together. anything that creates a really great experience on the day you know cupcakes yep. or um Balloons, or you know, decor- anybody wants to be involved in helping us decorate would yep. be incredible. Okay, anybody that wants to come along and just let out their inner child and dress up in a Santa suit or an elf suit, or anybody that wants to get up on stage and sing, or yes. you know, like anything, yeah, anything, Amazing. anything that can add to just the energy of the of day. The day.
1: Oh, it's going to be so special. Well, honestly, Louise, I think you're an inspirational woman.
0: Thank you. I think you've got an
1: incredible story. You were very honest and I have to thank you for that because it can't have been easy in some parts Mm. as well. And I think it's just so nice hearing your story leading into what you're creating. Yeah. Because it all goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand with what your business is. Mm -hmm. There's just... So such a synergy with you as a person and wanting to help people
0: well it's just joining the dots really it's kind joining of how i dots. feel as well it feels it feels aligned um it, it yeah it feels like as if i've been able to take the sort of two passions i've had for a very long time and actually bring them together and live both of them at the same time rather Which than like one or the other yeah you know? so yeah
1: oh wow well listen <laughs> Firstly, thank you for involving the GGC.
0: You're welcome. We're, we're, you well Thank you for get, getting this. A, a, great, a great community. Oh, not at all. Really thank you. Amazing.
1: Thank you, and we will now be jumping on a live. Yes, we are <laughs> live. We are. So thank you again, and we will catch up after. Yes. The a uh, after the twenty first, yes. maybe in the new year, we'll have a catch up podcast, great. and we'll just chat about how everything went.
0: Mm, sounds
1: good. Perfect. Right. Thanks, Louise.